Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is the Ocean Protect podcast. Talking about the issues that face our oceans and what we can do about it. Presented by Ocean Protect. Committed to change. Jeremy Brown, Esquire. We are we are very we happy. are blessed. We are blessed. We the, are the, the blessed. gods are shining on us because we are joined by a very esteemed uh, guest today, uh, a gentleman by the name of Michael Kenneth Wicks. Michael, welcome to the show. Thank you, Brad. For people who don't know who Michael Wicks is, please give us give us the lowdown. I'll tell you what. He, I'll tell you who he is. He's wearing a lovely coloured shirt today. <laughs> <laughs> lovely stormwater blue. <laughs> it brings out the blue in your eyes, Michael. <laughs> so, but Michael, who are you, and what the hell do you do? Um, look, I'm the technical guy at uh, Ocean Protect. I've been here for a while now. You'd say almost uh, twenty years. I'd say at this stage. Um, Look, and I run the research and development programs of the company, um, also ascertain some approvals. And yeah, like probably I suppose the interesting side of the business, well, from my perspective anyway, um, we get to, you know, go in the lab, go in the field, play around with technology, find out what works and what doesn't and um, refined a bit more and then release to the market. You're so, really good at finding out what doesn't work. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Great at that. Cool, cool. And as uh, Ocean Protect, there's been a bit of a hive of activity uh, literally today because an open letter was sent around today. Now, now J- Jeremy, what, what was that all about? And who, well, first up, who was this letter sent to? Yeah, look, at the moment we've pitched it out to media. So it's gone out to all the media outlets. Yep. It's gone out to all our contacts. In Australia. Uh, in Australia. It'll be slowly but surely be hitting uh, every federal member. So I think there's something like 1,500 federal candidates. So um, federal members of the Australian well, government. Well, yeah. well, and people that aren't well, politicians that are, want to be politicians. Yeah. So, so everyone that's trying to have a run. Yeah. Um, and I've actually got a guy who's on Airtasker all weekend because you can't just go send a list to a politician. Mm. You've got to literally curate it. So mm. we've got this guy who's going to be spending all weekend getting every – because we're not stopping at federal. I mean, this is a bipartisan – Australian issue that we face and we are pitching the letter out to basically every politician from federal, state and local. So, so that's a lot of politicians, a lot of politicians all across Australia. And so what, what's what, what's in the letter? What, what What's the rationale behind the letter? It's a bit of a wake-up call, Brad, basically saying enough's enough. You know, if you want to stop pollution going out to our oceans, there is existing technologies, there's existing legislation. It just needs to be... Uh, better enforced and it actually you know people need to be made aware uh, that the problem can be fixed this is not a oh my god doomsday this is a simple fix to stop the majority of the pollution entering our waterways and we're highlighting that yeah um, and i guess uh we highlighted that during the week we had some 
some pit baskets that we emptied out and just eight pits from Western Sydney uh, that we did some cleaning on. I'm not sure if you saw So that was interesting. I did see that on social media. So you guys cleaned out. So You, you wish that, you were with us. Oh, absolutely. I was, I was, I was obviously uh, too busy shampooing my hair but uh, at the time. But uh, if you imagine you guys were – Cleaning out there's a, there was eight gully baskets in a pretty st- stock standard roadside gully pit. So yep. these little gully right. baskets, yep. all they do is like little underground garbage bins. They t- they capture pollution before it goes into the stormwater p- um, pipe, and that's pollution is just from the road area um, and adjacent area. So there was eight of these gully baskets. They hadn't been cleaned for about three months, and you guys actually went through the process of picking out the pollution that these assets collected. And so what did you see? What, what was the pollution? Well, mate, look, it's varied, but look, some big brands that you often see, um, you know, big soft drink brands um, that you, you often see, you know, the fast food chains. Mm. Basically, we had a total of 850 pieces of plastic. And bear in mind, uh, a whole bottle, or, or you know, like a water bottle was considered one bit of plastic. So right. we, you know, we didn't go down and, 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 and try and analyze it too far, but I'll give you the stats. 850 pieces of plastic, 228 cigarette butts, 88 plastic drink lids, 44 cans, 22 plastic cups, 21 plastic straws, and two mini snap lock bags. There was also 130 kg of sediment, which we are in the process of drying, and uh, Wixie, I think, is in charge of getting the guys. We're actually going to sieve it out, dry it out. We're going to get it analysed to see what, you know, what's in that sediment, so heavy metals and, and so forth. But I think you'll find once we sieve it out, I think that cigarette butt tally will probably be go go over by twofold. And it's worthwhile putting this in perspective. This was eight, just eight roadside gully pits in a pretty typical street in Sydney taking stormwater flows from a, a typical street. So, and obviously we'd probably have millions of millions, millions of gully pits all across Australia in our urban areas. And this was just taking, looking at the, the, eight the, pits the pollution, the pollution from eight pits over a three month period, three month period. Eight that pits. is incredible, isn't it? So you think about it, three yeah. month period, this is probably somewhere around, you know, four or 5,000 square meters. Sydney has an area of about 12,500 square kilometres. Holy moly. This is just the tip of the iceberg. If that's what's flushing off in that small catchment, you think about all the unmitigated areas yeah. where it's just flowing out. So and what's the, really going to the Yeah, other? And I guess this is why that is one of the key drivers we get so excited when we start talking about stormwater pollution because we see it firsthand. Like, you, you know, Jeremy was uh, sorting through picking cigarette butts and plastic pieces out of this dirt and, and gunk, and you just think, thank goodness these devices were there because otherwise this – rubbish, debris, whatever you want to call it, would just go straight into our waterways and ultimately, in this case, Sydney Harbour. Well, and, and, and that's, I guess, what we're trying to highlight. I mean, what, one thing that we haven't been the best at doing is, and, and you, you know, it's, it's, it's a confidence thing, but you know, when, when Wixie and I first started this some many moons ago, uh, we didn't have time to go and take photos. We didn't have time to, you know, do a podcast. We didn't have time to do any of that. But all we're doing now is doing what we've done you know, for the last ten years, but we're just telling the story, and that's, I know? guess, part of what this letter is doing. It's part, it's telling the story about the problem of ocean plastic pollution. So it talks about how eighty percent of uh, ocean plastic comes from land-based sources, primarily stormwater, and there's a there's a number of factors that actually contribute to making this problem as 
as big as it is in Australia and, and similarly for the rest of the world. And the letter does also talk about the, the potential solutions. But I, I want to talk about actually the, the, the problem and why it is actually is a problem in Australia. So I might actually go to Michael in this case. So why is so much stormwater pollution going into our waterways from our urban environment? It basically is just flying off our catchments. Really simply is that you've got atmospheric deposition, you've got litter on the roadways, things like that. You've got sediment buildup, you've got metals, you've got all these pollutants. And, you know, you think about what we've done. We've taken this, you know, pristine environment. You know, it's fully vegetated. We've stripped all the vegetation off. We then concreted and paved everything and made a super efficient highway for the water to get out basically into the drainage network. And the idea of stormwater treatment, say, 50 years ago was just to put in a pipe and get it to the creek and your local waterway as soon as you possibly can. Once we did that and made that efficient system, we then found out, well, hey, hang on, this also actually mobilises the pollutants really well. Mm. But that, that's the key there, Wixie, is we've we've built a really efficient way to get the water off our hard stands and out into our oceans. And to use our ocean as essentially as a dumping ground well, for our- Well, at the time, we probably yeah. didn't realise, well, we didn't realise what we are doing. Mm. Not at all. Because it was about, stop, you know, to get the, get the water away, stop flooding. Yeah, it was flood yeah. mitigation originally, and mm. now it's gone to, well, hey, we want to use try and use our cities as sponges. but And, and it, it's a good idea, but how practical is that in, say, mm. Sydney? You go to Pitt Street, what are you going to do? You know, it's all yeah. on stand. Yeah, yeah. But there's been a recognition that stormwater is highly polluting for a, a good couple of decades at least. And we've had some sort of a, a range of sort of initiatives. But so let's talk about new development, for example, in Australia. So if I want to develop an area of land in Australia, so I want to take some uh, some green space with some trees and I want to put a whole bunch of houses on there, surely I have to achieve some sort of stormwater management target to appropriately protect our waterways. Well, well it depends really. Um Look, in Queensland, there's been state policy for 10 years, which is fantastic. So basically, yeah, when you build a new development house, you know, residential, commercial, industrial, you have to meet some targets, which is fantastic. It's now been introduced as well in Victoria just this year or late last year, so that's fantastic. But Sydney's a bit different. There's there's a lot of people in New South Wales, obviously 10 to 12 million people there. We have no state-based policy in, in New South Wales. Yeah, it's, you like think about, a, it's like a rodeo down here, mate. I mean, you, how many councils? 33 councils? Yeah, wow. But it's, it's, it's quite bizarre. You have, you have some councils who are really leading the pack in mm-hmm. stormwater treatment in all of the country, mm-hmm. and then you have other councils doing not a lot at all. Yep. So it's, we've got the best and worst, I think, um, of everything. So in short, across Australia, there's inconsistent requirements in terms of new development to achieve stormwater management targets. Absolutely. There's like inconsistency in the policy, but there's also inconsistency in the framework and implementation. Yeah. You know, it's always difficult to work out when you do need to apply the treatment, when you don't, and when it will actually be mm. correctly assessed. I suppose that's the thing. There's a lot of knowledge gaps in the industry yeah. that make it hard that, you know, what you do for a certain pollutant type in one region you might not do for another. Mm, mm. So, and obviously there's a, the, the new development often puts in new assets and often we have areas that have some existing stormwater treatment devices as well. But one thing that we've seen, and this is something that Ben Penelaric, our, our previous guest, has actually highlighted in a lot of detail, is just essentially the lack of maintenance that these assets are providing. If you imagine these... Uh, devices in their most simple form are underground garbage bins and they co- collect pollution. But if that pollution isn't actually removed, um, the incoming incoming flows will just essentially bypass the system. So what we're seeing is that whilst new development might actually require stormwater treatment assets to be put in, they're often and almost I'd say 95% of the time um, thereabouts not getting maintained at all. This is interesting because this is not unique to Australia. This is all around the world, uh, New Zealand, 
uh, obviously Australia, the US, <laughs> UK. You know, you speak yeah. to people, and we know a lot of people around the world. You know, these assets have been going in, and no one's been cleaning. But them. Why is that the case, though? Because people like you and me understand the problem. Mm. And it's political pressure, and it's 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 also yeah. can't be asked out of sight. And look, it's partly out of sight, out of mind. Yeah, you know, totally. If there's poos, everyone would be cleaning. <laughs> yeah. If there's poos well, in the street, people crack the craps. Yeah, actually. <laughs> but um, but seriously, it's out of sight, out of mind. Totally. Yeah. So you know, look, if your car broke down, if if you're a council and you had ten million dollars worth of motor vehicles, yeah, you would maintain them. Absolutely. You would know where they are. You would maintain them, ensure they're on the road and they're safe for your workers. But if you've got $10 million worth of stormwater infrastructure is in traps and filters and things like that, well, you know, are you maintaining? No, they're not yeah. for the it, most part. It's crazy. And I'll, like, I'll move on to another contributing factor. So there's a there's a, obviously a lot of assets out there that, and then when they are present, they don't get maintained. But there's also a lot of urban areas that just get no treatment whatsoever. Have you got a feel for sort of, this is a sort of a million dollar question, how, what proportion of Australian urban areas yeah, what do, you do you think actually have any stormwater treatment devices at all? Look, whatever number you say is going to be wrong. Yeah, have firstly, a guess. But look, less than 5%. So you say less than 5% get any treatment. So 95% or greater than 95% of our urban areas, when water uh, falls on the um, pavement, roads, uh, car parks, it just washes straight into our waterways. Absolutely. You think of all the we, – we're, we're a nation that's – you know, 80, 90% of the population is based on the coastline mm. and, and we're spread out. We've got, we've, you know, most of the population is between Brisbane and Melbourne. That's, mm. that's, that's the population. Yeah. And we've got such a large expanse of area. We've got this population spread across it. We've got so many outlets. There'd be so many areas unmitigated. And even just in Sydney, you look at Sydney, how many outlets would be flying into Sydney Harbour? There's heaps. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like, so just to recap, so you've got a, a lack of consistent standards for new development. Where assets hey, are put on, I want to yeah. stop you. It's cool. getting better. You know, this is not all doom and gloom. Like, sure. Yeah. Look, there is inconsistency. It's not all doom and gloom. Queensland have been doing bloody well. New South Wales, oh, where you've got pockets of that's generous. That's really generous. Well, New actually, development, really interesting conversation. Oh, we can't talk about that. Okay, I can talk about. It. I, 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 no, no, no. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, so but one as an example, a leading council. I won't mention names. They recently mention ignored it. it. Mention it. We, we, they actually, I, I probably can actually because they are. It. Don't mention okay. it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I won't mention it based on legal advice. But look, they're one of the leading councils, and actually probably one of the better councils in terms of water sanitation design and stormwater storm <laughs> treatment. They that they had four hundred and fifty bioretention basins, and they did an asset condition on all of them. Essentially, about half them are. Uh, are in a very poor, poor or pretty average condition. So needing significant rectification works. Only a very small percentage were actually uh, in a good condition. We talked about Ben uh, Ben's experience with a recent council in Queensland. 1,200 galley baskets then went out and actually did an audit of and none of them had been maintained for years. Some of them were growing trees in them because of the accumulated sediment. This is So when you say Queensland's doing a good job, I honestly, in terms of imposing requirements for new development, yeah, good for new development for for, for the maintenance of those assets. Yeah, yeah. pathetic, okay. woefully inadequate. Yeah, you're right. And and look for the listeners out there. You know, again, this is only on new development. So if you're going to build a new building or a new house, you, you might have to treat your, your, your stormwater. Mm. What about the house that was built five years ago or the mm. shopping center that was built five years ago? Zero treatment, lots of pollution going down. So, yeah, so, oh, so a, a contributing Sorry. factor Sorry, is. Uh, again, so a lack of consistent standards for new development, lack of maintenance for assets. You've got a very small percentage of 
of urban areas that actually have any sort of treatment device at all. So there's a whole bunch of contributing factors um, resulting in a very, very large proportion of pollution going into our waterways and our oceans. Uh, And Australia is no different to um, other parts of the world where, uh, you know, the biggest De- uh, the biggest factor causing degradation in our urban waterways is stormwater pollution. The number one source of ocean plastic is stormwater runoff. So maybe, I don't know who wants to answer this, what are the consequences of all that pollution going into our waterways? Oh, come on, Brad. This is the Ocean Protect podcast. Tell uh, me about it. Give me the lowdown. Give me the one-on-one. What, well, what impacts? okay. Shivers. Where do I start? Uh, uh, look, look, you've got the you've- food chain. I don't know. Like 50% of our oxygen comes from the ocean, 30 Odd percent of carbon dioxide is absorbed by the ocean. Thirty-three percent, or thereabouts, of our fish stocks comes from the ocean. Yeah, yeah. So that that what what else? It absorbs four Annika told us it absorbs four the equivalent of four Hiroshima bombs every of second. Energy every second. Where yeah, where so you, where yeah, we keep going. Uh, but yeah, you, you it's can, like yeah. it's like. Uh, but there's obviously a whole a bunch of ecological impacts as well. Like oh. we talked about, like uh, we talked about with this with Lisa Dix in terms of the the number of sea turtles, seabirds, whales, dolphins, etc. The, cl- the plastic. climate, yeah, I mean, crazy. Even, there's there's econ- economical impacts as well. If you yeah. look at say the just mechanical, I suppose, damage from the particles bouncing down the streams. Um, you know, you're going to basically the more solids and, and more rubbish and load you put into the system, the more you're going to degrade that pipeline. So mm. you're going to reduce capacity mm-hmm. all the time. So the likelihood and chance of, say, failure just from, you know, water conveyance increases significantly. Blockage, yeah. So you've got the blockages from either from the litter or from the sediment itself. You've got all these algal blooms in freshwater mm. um, ecosystems, you know, excessive phosphorus in, in Western Sydney yeah. has, has been a documented problem before in the past. So you've got all these issues that, that stormwater basically brings to, to the fore, I guess. And, you know, I sort of look at the problem and go, we can all see what's going on and what we're experiencing is common throughout the mm, world. Mm. We just seem to have over the last sort of 10 or 15 years stalled in our approach. Yeah. For whatever reason, you know, North America has been doing this, you know, a bit longer than us, but we seem to really, I suppose, early 2000s, we look to be, you know, hey, we're at the forefront of bioretention design. We're doing this thing. This is this great. And then we, we seem to have lost our way a bit. Mm. We haven't really... You know, and in the US, you used to look at us as say, you know, you guys are leading the, mm. the pace down there. But you look at the standards they have over there. Mm. You look at, you know, the zero trash targets with their TMDLs. Like mm. They're well ahead. They've identified mm. the problem. They know there's a problem. They're not ignoring it. They're actually doing something about it. Yeah, yeah. But why is that? Because, because, because. Well, 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 look, my personal opinion is about the litigious society they have, really. Yeah, that's what I, that, you know, that's what it's, I was there is go. There is consequence to shitting in the environment. Basically, you Jim yeah. brought this up. So, yeah. If, if, if like- They've got environmental so, groups and community groups suing so, their yeah. government for polluting their oh, waterways. And so private so yeah. the overarching hierarchy of the Clean Water Act 1972 yeah. Yeah. basically says you've got to clean your stormwater. Now, what happens is, yeah, it has the ability in there for third parties to basically sue um, so do you, polluters. Do you think that's where we need to go down here, Clean Water Act maybe? Look, I don't know, but I think that it actually- it makes stormwater treatment meaningful. Like, look, we get it. We want to do it. Okay, we understand the impacts of it. A lot of people don't. And I think that, you know, you either have to frighten them, you know, environmentally or economically, one of the two, to get a result here. And Well, yeah, look, uh, I think economically, I think we all recognise that our waterways and oceans are hugely valuable. No, but uh, we don't. We don't. 
We've got. We well, are, we certainly promote the fact that the, they're very variable, but whether we actually put a, you're right, whether we actually put a value on them. Hang on. We yeah. have got, we're sitting here in Alexandria. Mm. We have got the jewel of the tourism crown five kilometers away in Sydney Harbour. In Sydney yeah. Harbour. You know, how many pictures of Sydney Harbour do you see at the totally. bridge and the Opera House, the Circle yeah. and the Rocks, and doesn't look amazing? Yeah. What are we doing? Yeah, polluting it. But yeah, but that is that is our tourism asset. Exactly. It's our number one tourism yeah. asset and we're promoting it around the but world. People now. will say that it's got better. Of course it's got better, but because we're not easy, we're not discharging easily, sewage. Look, it's easily gonna get better when you did nothing before. <laughs> yeah. Always gonna improve on the do nothing approach. And yeah. I think, you know, Jeffrey Hunter's dive in the harbour there proved it. It's yeah, sure, the water quality looks better. And and, and in some cases it would be, but it's all this stuff that comes out of these pipes. You know, that gets washed off our roadways and footpaths and settles down. Yeah. That all sits in the base. And yeah. people go, oh, out of sight, out of mind. Same with the maintenance issue with mm. units. Out of sight, out of mind. Mm. I'm a problem. Yeah. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Yeah. Question for you. Is it like you, I'm a, a, I was in a conversation no, with you, you before. We're, we're, who's your hairdresser? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you guys can afford it. Question for you. Um, we, I, you were asked a question before in a meeting I was just in, whether you would eat a fish out of Sydney Harbour. And you said, hell no. No way. Why not? You think about all the, all the, so we know all the plastic that goes through. That's the stuff that we can see. Mm. Okay. And that's big at the moment. Mm. Look at all the solids that are in there as well and look at all the stuff that actually comes off the catchments. Mm. What are the catchments? Mm. You know, buildings, footpaths, roadways. Mm. You know, people smoke, they drop the cigarette butts down. You know, we know all the chemicals in cigarette butts. Okay, mm. and that, mm. Where does it go? It flushes out of the yeah, harbour. totally. You look at all the solids that come off the roadways. You look at your tyres. Look at all the parts, the lubricants on your car, yeah. all the bits wearing. You know, lead, copper, zinc is in all those things. Goes down, binds to the solids. Storm comes, washes the catchment, basically just hoses it off, puts it all in the harbour. Where does that go? Comes out of the pipes, drops on the beds near the pipes. Now, what happens with that? It yeah. goes. It basically enters the food chain right uh, yeah. there. Well, here's a question. Right well, on that, it, so stormwater uh, is polluting our uh, harbour in this case. Yep. Uh, it's it's uh, the fish are bioaccumulating pollutants, so yep. we know they're actually really high. So in, bioaccumulating, uh, bioaccumulating. So basically, uh, little fish, little, little bio, little fish eat. Yeah. Um, they get eaten by big fish, and yeah. also the little fish eat little, um, you know, um, you know. Um, aquatic well, organisms. You, you look at oysters. Algae, look at oysters. Look at oysters. oysters. They're a filter. You yeah. look at prawns. What do yeah. they do? They scavenge yeah. that go off the bottom and every, every time you eat oysters. 
Uh, not in Sydney Harbour. Yeah, no. every time well, it goes up. Okay, well, no way. Sydney Rock Oyster. Uh, if it's out of Sydney, I've seen maybe, you eat. Yeah. I've seen you eat a few of these. You've buddy. seen me eat a lot of things. Probably cheeseburgers as well. <laughs> you can say cheeseburgers. Yeah, of course you can. But uh, look, every time you go up the food, uh, up a step in the yeah. food chain, you buy or accumulate that. But a lot yeah. of that, a lot of the pollution actually got, is absorbed, is retained within the fatty oh. tissue of the um, oh. or muscles of the um, of, or flesh of the organism, and actually Absolutely. essentially yep. is consumed by potential human consumers. So, yep. and obviously in Sydney Harbour, for example, they've actually banned commercial fishing. Why is that? that there was a, the ban put in place it in 2006. It wasn't because of pollution, was it? It's, Sydney Harbour's grossly polluted. If you consume more than, I think, one prawn a month out of Sydney Harbour, you exceed your recommended intake of dioxins, which is a carcinogen. When was the last time you went swimming in Sydney Harbour? Me? Never. You've never Actually, swum. sorry, I have. I did a triathlon in Sydney Harbour one oh, day, Oh, there we go. Yeah, boom, boom. <laughs> Quite plugged for the deal. <laughs> did you win? Uh, I can't. No, I wouldn't have won. No. Were you on V Power then? No, I was wasn't vegan there back in those go. days. So that's why. There yeah, you go. go vegan, take on the world. But my 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 my, my roundabout way of asking this question, Michael, is is storm is our stormwater management practices is our current stormwater management practices in Australia is stormwater a public health issue? Of course it is. I'm going to answer that. I'm, yes, well, it is. I asked Michael. Well. Okay. He's our guest. <laughs> <laughs> I've worked with him every day. I oh, know. Give me strength. Um, <laughs> <laughs> give me strength. <laughs> look, is look, stormwater a public health issue? Depends who you ask. I'm asking look, you. If you ask me, I think it is. Yeah. Absolutely, hundred percent. Yeah. Um, you ask the people that are responsible. No, it's not. Yeah, yeah but why, that's going to be the why, same. Not, why are they saying that though? Are they just putting this their head in the sand? Conversation. Absolutely. The, the, of course they're going to say no. But I want to know why they're saying no. Oh, well, mate, come on. Because there's a massive – look, there is a massive issue out there that we're not dealing Politicians with. Politicians that say we climate change. Yeah. And that's the problem. The longer the, the longer that we take to deal with this issue, the further we get away from the source of pollutants, mm. the more it costs us to solve the problem. Mm. It's that simple. Mm. And people think, hey, well, I'll just ignore it and it might go away in my turn. That's my know. that's my point. This is a big this is a problem. We've talked about the amount of uh, plastic and the our in, inadequate or inappropriate storm management practices, but we can actually solve this problem. Mm. Do our and I, I guess I, I'll, I'll go to the solutions now. So what do we what do we have to change? What what do we need to do to improve the situation? We we, we need to make everybody aware. We've we've spoken about it before. We need to create awareness around what we are consuming. Um, so when you talk about plastic single uses, etc., mm. so we need to reduce that. Um, we need to we need to appropriately manage stormwater and and really treat stormwater as a resource. I mean, for goodness sake, we live in Australia. It's a drought every seven or eight years. Mm. I mean, it's just been right. Well, it's still raining outside. Mm-hmm. There's millions of liters of water going out that we could reuse, sure. uh, flushing toilets, etc. Yeah. But the main thing we need to do is appropriately treat stormwater runoff and maintain assets that are currently in the ground and new assets. So not only the new developments, we need to go back to the existing urban environment where the majority of this pollution is coming from and put stormwater treatment technologies in that that, that work. I mean, mm. they've, they've been around for 20 years, longer. It's, it's that simple. And this I is, just feel like we're preaching to ourselves here. There, there's, a, there's actually a readily available solution for this problem. It, it, like you said, it's, re, it's reducing pollution at the source through reduced consumption of plastics, etc. It's appropriate stormwater management for new, de, new development and appropriate maintenance of existing assets. But one of the key things that we're actually calling for as well as part of this um, uh, call to arms, I guess you'd call it, to, uh, for Australian politicians, is we want to we want to target a zero discharge of litter to our oceans by 2040. 
So essentially, any any pollutant bigger than a cigarette. And, and, and why are we starting there, Brad? Why are we start? Because it's it's Cause e- people it's, it's can easy. see it. And it's yeah. easy. I yeah. mean, but you look at California. What they're doing? They're going from litter. Then they're going to sediment. Then yeah. they're going to like they'll get there eventually. But yeah, but they're they're starting with the easiest possible. Yeah, thing sure, so but, that people yeah. can relate to it. Yeah, that's so why that's, they they think Sydney Harbour's clean. Well, hey guys, plastic sometimes doesn't float. Go down and look at the bottom of Sydney Harbour's metres of sediment and crap down there. It is disgusting. Mm. But up on top, when you're sitting there having a beer at the Sydney Opera House, you're like, woo, it's great, <laughs> doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Oh so my you, God. use the example of California. So California have recently set themselves what they call total oh, maximum. It was 2009. Yeah. Then, 2009, they set themselves a goal of zero discharge of trash to their oceans. To for, So for every waterway in California, they want to have no discharge of, of litter, anything bigger than five millimetres. Is that something we can achieve in Australia, Michael? Absolutely. It's we, we, Look, we can do it and it's – what, what needs to change, though? Look, I think the awareness. The awareness needs to change. This is an important issue and people need to get on board. You yep. know, it's it's a simple problem, complex solution, but a simple problem. We understand it and it is happening. Mm. We can solve the problem. You look at California, they said, hey, you know, to, to develop, you know, your total maximum daily load, you need to have an understanding of what's actually washing off in your catchment. Yep. So they've done a lot of studies around, hey, is there a problem? Yes, there is. They've got all these pollutants washing off. So they've identified mm. the problem and said, hey, we've got to fix it. Mm. Great. So have we, though. Yeah, but really, have we? Oh, mate. I don't think we've communicated enough. We though. haven't communicated because you look at why is it state-based in California? That The whole state, they have to well, do it. Well, you're saying it. us, me, and Wixie, you? No, no. Yeah. You, us as an industry. industry. As an industry, As yeah. an industry. Yeah. We haven't gone out to the broader people and said, hey, look, if we just throw shit on the ground, it ends up in our beaches and our creeks and whatever. Mm. You know, this is the consequence of our actions and we don't want to be swimming in it. It mm. doesn't just float there because we mm. dropped a can of Coke at the beach or something like that, whatever it is. Well, that's a good point. So we did a community survey just recently. Ocean Protect commissioned an independent survey back in January. We surveyed a thousand over a 1,000 people all across Australia, all across various demographics, and we actually asked them, where do you think the majority of ocean plastic is coming from in Australia? Do you know what they said? Do you know what the most common response was? You tell me, Brad. It, they thought that the, the number one source of plastic pollution was 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 pollution discarded at sea. So people in their boat throwing rubbish or discarded fishing nets. That was the number one. The number number two was litter at the beach. They thought the second biggest source was actually littering at the beach. It's not. We know that eighty percent of ocean plastic comes from stormwater runoff. So to take your point, Michael, the community don't and I. The community don't really recognise that stormwater is the key source of ocean plastic pollution. And once you know what the key source is, you can actually develop your solutions appropriately to mitigate that. Like Jeremy said, we need to reduce um, uh, pollution at the source and we need to install appropriate technologies to actually um, capture this pollution before it goes into our waterways. And we need to maintain it as well, yeah. But look, you look at it, it's not just California, city and county of Honolulu. They've got a similar mm-hmm. target by I think 2034. New York City is also looking at it. They they don't know how big their problem is, so they're looking at well, hey, you know they've got an, um, a, a TMBL permit to basically look at what their loads are. So they will follow suit as well. So we've got all these major sort of cities around the world identifying the problem and looking at how to solve it, but we just we just don't seem to be following suit. Mm. One, one one thing I want to say. Is that look? I acknowledge, or we, we acknowledge that we are going to benefit, or our business will benefit from increased initiatives. But so too thousands of Australian businesses across multiple sectors. 
and not to mention the increase in Australian jobs and the health of our oceans. But I just want to put that out there because at the end of the day, yeah. we are a commercial entity and I don't want to, you know, I just for, for our listeners to go, hey, yeah, we might make a bit more money, but, hey, we're proud of what we do. We're building products that stop pollution going into the ocean. Basically, it's going to be a big business for lots of companies around the world in fixing the problem of cleaning up our environment. But, but what, I just want to get that across. Yeah, look, look and that's – I'm glad you did, but – I don't see a problem with that. At the end of the day, business is there to make money. I'd rather see a business there making money, paying taxes, delivering for their schools, hospital roads, education, all that sort of stuff, and also protecting the environment. For me, that's a winner. Mm. Like, yeah, you know, I know, but haters are going to hate. Like, even of course, we've, 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 we've pitched this out today. The the letter. And we've had some like just oh we've had a couple of Derek's just already. Derek <laughs> Derek <laughs> responses I'm not going to hate I just oh, what are you guys doing I'm like what are you what do you do when you woke yeah. up this morning mate as I, mean, I sort of indicated to Jeremy before like he's a vegan he must get a lot of <laughs> <laughs> when you put yourself out there and you put forward your opinion you're going to get criticised yeah I think yeah. you've got to recognise that you're just, just going to have to cop it simple as that well that's obviously what Wixie thinks with his haircut <laughs> I knew the haircut yeah, yeah, that was <laughs> you I had him locked over there <laughs> oh bless but look a question for you like, like the, the, we've, so we've set, sent this letter uh, we're calling for a, a federal state and local government to collaboratively work together to implement a whole bunch of solutions to be honest and that, to be honest if I look at it, the, the solutions are actually pretty straightforward that's pretty straightforward and the, the problem is significant but the solution is actually readily uh, to hand we could actually start fixing this pretty very well very very quickly so, so it's the want yeah the drive is the want to fix the problem yeah. so what is that is that you know more pictures of, yeah. of turtle and whales yeah, with plastic no, inside okay. or is that finding people yeah i'm gonna stop here hold on we're, we're, we're currently for international listeners we're going on uh we're, we're three weeks out for our federal election so you know with a vote for a new prime minister it's looking like neck and neck at the moment but it's labor versus it's right versus left it's the old tale and look to be honest we've got uh, the left saying, "Hey, we're gonna um, we're gonna fix climate change." Um, their policy is what forty five percent reduction in CO two emissions. I think the right is saying thirty five percent or whatever. But look, L- Labor and Billy Bob Sh- Shorten is is not putting a price on it. Mm. So he's saying, "Oh, well, there there shouldn't be a price to fix up the environment." Come on, Bill. I mean, for 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 the twenty six million people in Australia, people that are voting. What you can't tell me what it's going to cost to fix mm-hmm. it up. So this is my whole point. It's almost, um, it, it, you know, too far beyond people's reach. I yeah. mean, if our, our own government is saying, "Oh, we don't know the cost," I mean, come on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah you, you know what I mean. Like that is the problem. And they go, "Oh, well, look, how are we going to fix our oceans?" Well, first and foremost, boy and slants out there trying to bloody mop it up. How about we turn the tap off here? I mean, oh, there's so many yeah, logical things. And that's a good point. Like, mm. Boy and Slat is, has, has gathered, gathered a lot of money and, and look, good luck to millions. him. I, I think millions. Millions of crowdfunding. So there's, a, there's, a, there's this big, boat. there's this big push. <laughs> there's this big push to remove plastic after it's already in the ocean. But like the, the analogy we, d- we use is if you were walked into your kitchen and, and the, and the, and the sink was overflowing with water and the, and the tap was running and it, it was just getting more and more water filling up and spilling over. You had a two inches of water over the floor, what would you do? Do you grab the mop and the bucket or do you grab the tap and turn the tap off? Because Boyan's, to his credit, he's doing a great job, oh, but he sure. is the mop and the bucket. Oh, maybe, the maybe, most but, obvious solution is to turn the tap off. Okay, but there's still a problem with all that plastic that's it's killing marine life. Sure. And, you know, we've got to clean it up as well. Sure, but absolutely. You, it's part of the solution. But yeah. you think but, Boyan doing his bloody math when he first started, he'd be like, 
Well, what am I going to do? It's been hits of money going out the air, so I just turn the tap off. Over to yeah, you, yeah. Mikey. Look, absolutely. It's the same thing when you're – look, if you're in the kitchen and you cut yourself with a knife mm. and you're making dinner, what are you going to do? You're just going to let it bleed it all over the food? I don't think so. You're going to basically fix it first mm. and then clean it up. And mm, that's good, that's a good analogy, Mike. And that's what we haven't done. But you think about, but you think about the cost because we've been doing this for years, so mm. we know the cost. The further you get away from the source yeah. of the pollution, yeah. the more it costs you. Yeah. Well, what, what so other that, analogies are So if are you there? spend $10 million, <laughs> say, trying to fix it up in the harbour, that $10 billion would be far more effective fixing it up at source. Yeah. And, and that's such and, more And that's why I get really, not angry, but I've got like, you know, Tim, take three from the sea, Tim Silverwood, absolute legend, been on the podcast. He's been hard at this for 10 years, yeah. right? And I just felt, you know, during that podcast, I felt, you poor bugger. You know, like he, he he's known about stormwater, he's known about how it's going. But all these people, Tim included, are out doing these beach cleanups yeah. all the time. And like we've done heaps of them ourselves and and you and you've got to do it. But you go You think about the carbon footprint to do that. Like we've got what we're doing is we're putting we're trying to educate and say, look, you know, don't pollute in the first place. But if you do, we're basically using the water. Mm-hmm. So we're using no power, no pumps, mm-hmm. it's all passive. We're using the water to push it downstream and drop it in a trap. Mm. We're going out there once mm. every, say, six months mm. when it's and it's and it's one guy in a truck to basically clean things out. We're not sending a heap of people, getting them from you know point of residence to wherever to basically clean up, you know, a few mm. kilos, hundred kilos of plastic. Yeah. We're getting thousands of kilos of plastic, tons out of these devices, and we're just cleaning them. Well, there you every, go. There you go. Day. Going back to it is we pulled out and analysed eight pits in Western Sydney. So we're talking 20 kilometres off um, the coast, where it would be, yeah, 20, 30 clicks. Now, that 150 kilo of sediment, 850 bits of plastic out of eight pits, there's millions of pits in Australia and all around the world, we're stopping it at the source mm. from going in there. And that was one guy. One guy, an hour, an whatever hour. it was. But you, you, you think about the collective effort for 100 volunteers to go well, down to save. Oh, no, it's crazy. Yeah. Like you, you use the example of Tim Silverwood, but you know, thousands of people out there in the community going out to various beach cleanups. And it has to be a very disheartening experience. And Lisa Dix from uh, Sea Shepherd Australia spoke about this. She said, look, we do this beach cleanup and then we walk back and the, the stormwater drains are flowing with pollution. It just just replenishing that rubbish that we just try to clean up on the beach. It's a big issue. Question is, though, if we don't do something about this issue, what's going to be the consequence? Look, the environment will just get worse. Mm. We're, we're going to see, you know, more fish kills. We're going to see more pollution in the harbour. Um you know, we'll probably see, you know, uh, saltwater algal blooms. You know, mm. the red tinge that comes in, that's that's the excessive uh, nitrogen. So mm. we'll probably start to see that as as sea temperatures start to rise. Mm. And, and, you know, look, algal blooms, it's, you know, these guys are going to explain it better than me, but, you know, spikes in temperature, you know, elevation of nutrients, mm. those sorts of things can cause these blooms. So we'll see it from the freshwater ecosystems in Sydney to the saltwater mm. ecosystems. And certainly getting back to plastic, we know – Plastic production is going up. If, unless we basically stem the flow of that uh, plastic into our marine environment, see you now the, the ecology, the the sea turtles, the uh, dolphins, whales, etc., are all going to be significantly impacted. Mm. But I, I'll put this to you guys though: there's a, there's a significant problem. There's obvious solutions. The, the the consequences of no action are pretty dire. Are we going to win, Bradley? You're talking to me, mate. Well, you tell me. If Jeremy's flexing his muscles and I just can't course, see anything. Of course we're going to win, mate. Do you Boom. know what? We are going to win, okay? And, yep. and and look, even even something as silly as doing this podcast um, and, and putting ourselves out there, I mean, look, 
making people aware, awareness yeah. empowers people and people make change. Yeah. Humans are bloody adaptable. Yeah, totally. And we can do this. And it's I'm not going to stop here. As soon as we can, you know, get Australia sorted, let's get up to Asia. Let's get up there and start fixing it. Well, yeah, Ocean Protect, mate. We need to lead by example in Australia. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, yeah. But look, I think it's simple. We know the problem exists and we know how to fix it. We just got to act. That's right. it. We just have to act. And act we will, gentlemen. It's been a fantastic it's chat. Been a great podcast, actually, Wixie. You, mate, uh, even with that haircut, I think you can come back on again. <laughs> right. Is this where I say thanks? No. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for listening to the Ocean Protect podcast. If you'd like to find out more about us and what we do, check us out at oceanprotect.com.au.